Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but y'all know the drill. You gotta let the stream breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth. We gotta make sure we, we've got our... Usa. That's right. Usa. Our Facebook community with us, Goose Fraba. Trivia, what movie is that from, dude? I don't know. You stumped me. Anger Ooh. Management, dog. It is. Yeah, okay. It was in the recesses of my mind somewhere. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I thought it was interesting that, you know, today was, uh, I think it was John brought it to our attention. Juwan James fired off a somewhat cryptic tweet, kind of made us wonder what's going on here. And then, of course, there was some clarity later on about what's, what is going on between Juwan James and the Denver Broncos. Uh, and you had the story. Explain to people what that was all about, because I know a lot of fans saw those tweets. Yeah, Juwan James went on Twitter today and tweeted, without any explanation, it was meant to happen. And that sent Broncos Twitter into a tizzy as to what that could mean, because now, Chad, in the social media age, any tweet that's not directed at a certain person or certain entity is dissected. Look at the the Deshaun Watson future tweets he's been tweeting lately and how much uh, that's been combed over. But he tweeted that, and then a couple hours later, or 70 minutes later, in fact, Mike Kliss of Nine News said it was unrelated to his status with the Broncos. So it meant nothing, nothing there, nothing burger as they call it. And then actually Juwan James himself later clarified because he heard and saw all the acrimony he was getting in his Twitter replies. He said it was nothing. It was a Drake line. Relax, LOL. What's meant to be in life is meant to be. That actually doesn't really, uh, you know, calm the fires anymore, Chad. As someone who played a handful of snaps, 60-something, 63 snaps, 66 snaps in 2019. He made over $200,000 per snap, and then he opted out last season. You shouldn't even be subtweeting, or you shouldn't even be cryptically tweeting anything right now, considering your status with the team. Last month, Garrett Bowles said that he has to earn back the trust of the locker room, Jawan James. He has to earn back his eyebrows, Chad, and the trust of the locker room together. He's not on good standing at all. 
He also knows, though, he can tweet these things because the Broncos are contractually bound to him for this season. They would incur a $19 million dead money hit by moving on from Juwan James. So he can make these statements. He can say these things. But it's just a little tone deaf considering he's contributed nothing. He's stolen millions upon millions of dollars from the Broncos the last couple years, and he's tweeting Drake lyrics? Why? Yeah, yeah. He just turned out to be quite the dramatic person. You know what I mean? Like just a drama. I don't want to call him a drama queen. I want to show him at least some respect, but we'll say a drama king. All right. A guy that, you know, when, when the Broncos signed Juwan James, there was that report. And I'll never forget it, Zach, because we were, we were both on the Broncos beat back when MHH was on 24 uh, seven sports. And you had the story about the whoopee cushion, right? Miami Dolphins and, yeah. Clown in the Denver Broncos for giving Juwan James all that money. And at the time it was concerning. We were both like, yeah, geez. Uh, but we're, we're like, yeah, we're not going to read too far into it. Turns out those, that was absolutely true. And the thing that to this day, Zach blows my mind the most about the Broncos paying Juwan James. It's, it's not that they were interested in him because he is a very talented athlete and a very talented tackle when he's on the field. What blows my mind is the intangibles and in his reputation and the injury milking and all that stuff you would have thought that chris cooper who was the o-line assistant coach in miami could have offered some kind of insight on this cat's character work ethic commitment passion for the game whatever you want to call it to john elway and company but didn't happen i guess or they ignored it i mean take your pick or, you know, he could have advocated for him, but how do you see that coming? You know, he didn't play through his injuries in 2019. Some people felt he could have played through his knee. Uh, some people felt he was milking that for to get more money and to collect a paycheck. But then it was really opting out last season, Chad, when he really had no specific condition to do so. It was his right, don't get me wrong. It was a lot of players' rights, but even a guy like Von Miller, who has asthma, did not opt out. A lot of players with pre-existing conditions did not opt out. And after playing only 63 snaps and making over $200,000 per snap, you opt out. It just sends the wrong message, and Cooper could have only advocated for so much. I don't think anyone saw the disaster of Juwan James to this extent coming to the Broncos. Guys, we have a great show planned. Tonight is another installment. We are in the off season, and every Wednesdays, uh, every Wednesday, I should say, we have plans uh, to host a superstar, one of our great supporters from the YouTube community, and we'll also start including some of our supporters on Facebook on these superstar segments. And tonight, of course, it's going to be the great one and only Mount Rushmore member of this community, David Kilgore. We can't wait to. Talk to him, introduce y'all to David. It's going to be a gas. But first, we do have to take care of a few matters of business, starting with the sponsor and presenting sponsor, in all actuality, of tonight's live stream podcast, Manscaped. Listen up, gang. 2020, it's in the books. Forget about it. We're in 2021, and you got to embrace that new year, new me mindset. And I'm sure a lot of you have, and I know a lot of you have. You've reached out to me. Uh, and let me know some of your resolutions and what you got going on in your life, what you're striving toward, what you're pushing for. Manscaped can help you take that to the next level. All right. And it's not just because of what it does to, to keep your male grooming on point, Zach, but it's really just putting you in that headspace where you're trying to elevate your game. Right. And, you know, we always talk about the undercarriage and male grooming, and that's what this is tailor-made to do. But 
Anyone like me, I want to speak to you for a second. If you have a beard, guys, if you grow facial hair and it grows back really fast like mine does, you it, this is an essential tool, uh, the lawnmower. It's not just for your underneath parts. You can use it on your face. In the shower, it gets wet. You, it has a light. It has a good grip on your neck all parts of your body, but I find myself cleaning up underneath my neck area a lot with Manscaped. It's quick. It doesn't stick to you. It doesn't hurt. There's no bumps. There's no cuts. It's really painless. It feels good in your hand. It holds a charge forever. Trust me, I I am a relatable guy in the truest sense. If you have that situation or any situation at any part of your body, Manscaped is the tool to take care of that. And it's, I mean, they got the, the weed whacker for your nose and your ears. As Zach just mentioned, you got the lawnmower for everything else. Plus, there are just a plethora of options for male grooming to help take it to the next level. And I've been clued into some of these that I was frankly ignorant of before we landed Manscaped as a, as a presenting sponsor. And I consider myself edified now that I am fully aware of what kind of options are out there to help you be on point, not just below the waist, but just your male grooming overall. So right now, gang, you got to get in on that. And it's the best time to do it because if you use the code HUDDLE, at manscaped.com, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. And trust when we tell you, your boys, your family jewels, they'll thank you. Yes, sir. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code HUDDLE. All right. A couple quick things and then we're going to grab David. Um, we got to announce, well, first of all, we hope that you have followed the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page, which is just in its infancy. We only started this thing, I want to say now it's been two weeks, two weeks and some change uh, ago. And so many of you have headed over there and supported what we're doing, following the page. We need you to continue to do that because we have some big plans for that page in 2021, some great content, and you're not going to want to miss that. And one of the ways we're trying to um, incentivize our great community and not only incentivize, but, you know, small way of of giving back and saying thank you, doing MHH swag giveaways. All right. We've been telling you for the last couple of weeks, head on over there, like and follow the page. All right. It's pretty easy to find. I'll put the I'll put the link in the chat so you can just click and open like follow. You're done. Um, But it's easy to it's it's easy to follow. It's easy to find. We have randomly selected a winner for this week's giveaway for the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page, and that person is Jacob Roper. Now, Jacob Roper is a name when this came out of the old – we use a randomizer machine that we found on the internet, take all the names, put it in there. When Jacob's name came out, Zach, I was actually like, oh, that's rad, because Jacob is a big-time supporter of MHH on Facebook. And so I was happy to see him land this. So Jacob Roper – Here's how you claim your prize, my dog. Reach out via email. Send an email to Zach and I, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. We'll want to know your T-shirt size and your shipping address, and we're going to get you a Huddle Up Podcast Football Priest T-shirt shipped out to you post-haste. So congrats on that. Thank you for following. And, guys, this is going to be a continual thing we're going to be doing. So head on over. Make sure you've got your bases covered. If you follow and like the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page, you'll be automatically entered into every time we do one of these drawings each and every week. Also worth mentioning, follow the podcast on Twitter. So many of you have, but as this show and this, and and this channel, especially on YouTube continues to grow exponentially, we got to make sure everyone knows how to connect with us to keep the conversation going on Twitter. It's at huddle up pod. Also at mile high huddle, my partner, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL 
myself at Chad and Jensen. And then of course our producer at John K MHH on Twitter. Also uh, just a very brief, if you do want to get in on the uh, swag action, you want to get a hat, you want to get a t-shirt, just go to huddleuppod.com, get your swag on. It'll uh, it's really easy. And we thank every one of you that made that. We did not expect that site to blow up Zach the way it did in 2020. I mean, I mean, talk about a pleasant surprise. Um, so thanks to everyone that has patronized our merch store, but it's out there. You can you can get some swag, you can get some gear. And uh, consider also, guys, becoming a Facebook supporter of MHH. You get access to our premium VIP video content, starting with our launch show for the premium side, Kelberman's Corner, which is going to be episode eight on Sunday, noon mountain time, hot takes that hold water. Zach's got something he's cooking up, he and Kim Becker for Sunday. If you want in on that, go to our Facebook page, click on the big blue button. You can become a supporter. But if you're not in a position to do those things, it's all good. Please just subscribe. Make sure you are subscribed. Like this video, guys. I got to repeat that. Like this video. It's a small thing you can do to help us in a big, bad way. And then the third thing is share. All right. If we're doing a good job for you, share this video out there and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, let me bring on David Kilgore in the house. I know it's shocking. All of a sudden, boom, you're on screen. David Kilgore, who's been with us a long, long time, very dedicated, very engaged, very supportive member of our community. And when we say that this is a Mount Rushmore superstar, you all know that it's true. This is this this guy is in the chat every single podcast, come rain, sleet, snow, whatever, and we have been stoked and excited to finally get you on the show. So David, welcome to the Huddle Up podcast. Thanks for giving us some of your time. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's it's been really really nice to uh be on this side of it now. Zach, this was your idea, so I'm going to open with this volley. We usually open with something else when we get one of, one of our superstars on screen, but we uh noticed before we went live, Zach did anyway. Hey, what what jersey you wearing there? And he's wearing the Champ Bailey, is David, the Champ Bailey jersey. And, hey, yesterday was the 
I can't remember the years. Well, let's see. What was it? Oh, two, oh, two, oh, three. So, oh, four. So was that 16th anniversary of the Champ Bailey for Clinton Portis trade? And so thinking back to that time, David, first and foremost, what do you remember about that trade? What was your initial reaction? And then how do you view that trade for the Broncos in retrospect? I, uh, I, I initially thought um, was, and you know, I was still getting to, to know the Denver Broncos and, and was kind of in my infancy as far as my, my, my being a, a, a huge fan. Um, but uh, knew, you know, love to do research and, and uh, knew uh, all the players on, on, Bron- on the Broncos. And, and all of a sudden they the, came over the wire that Clinton Portis had been traded for Champ Bailey. And I'm like, well, who the heck is, is Champ Bailey? And, and why the heck are we giving up Clinton Portis? And, um, you know, obviously – um, history was that you know Portis did good in in Washington and and Bailey did awesome in Denver, so it worked out obviously. But uh, initially, I was I was pretty like kind of kind of upset at the Broncos because I was like, why are we giving up our our starting running back for some corner I've never even heard of? So, what was your uh, what do you remember about that trade, Zach? I know it's many moons ago, but what what was your reaction? I remember I was in high school. I'm not, you know, trying to give my age away, but I was very young. And this was a time where, you know, there were cell phones, but when you had internet service, it took like eight minutes for a page to load. I remember there was an alert that came through. I forget, you know, what I was doing at that moment, but I remember thinking, wow, player for player trade. Even back then I had this thought, Chad, to show you how ingrained I was in the NFL from a young age. Player for player trades were so rare in the NFL. So when I saw Champ Bailey for Clinton Board to swap, I'm like, I kind of had the same thought as David. I'm like, why are they making this trade? Like, why would the Broncos and why would the then Redskins, don't kill me guys, want to make that swap? But I just remember all the talking heads clamoring about how big of a deal it was. And it was a rare trade that worked out for both teams. Both players had success for both organizations. But yeah. Bailey, I think, was a little better in Denver. I can, I'll tell you where I was, boys. I was back in those days, again, as Zach said, before the, the, uh, before the internet became a, instant like commodity where it's on your hip at all times you can you know what i would do is i can't remember i think it was tuesdays i think it was tuesdays is when this published and hit the hit the gas stations or the grocery stores the sporting news the hard copy paper called the sporting news i would go down to to this the day it hit the the shelves and i want to say it was tuesday grab the sporting news and the reason i would get the sporting news is not just to read the articles but that's the only place i knew where i could get they kept a they kept little records of the leader individual you know rushing leaders passing leaders receiving leaders sack leaders and all that and then team like you know and so that's how I was keeping tabs on how the Denver Broncos were doing and I remember going down that that day and uh, picking up the paper Broncos trade Portis I'm like what the heck and if you think back on it, I don't want to derail our conversation with David too much on the Portis trade but um, if you think back on it it was all about in 2002. Jake, uh, excuse me, 2003, let's see, yeah, 2003, Jake Plummer comes to town. The Broncos make the playoffs as a wild card, get trounced. I mean, absolutely embarrassed and blown out of the water. Keep that up. We'll grab We'll grab that one next, John. Um, absolutely blown out of the water by Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, before he became a Denver Bronco, was known as the Bronco killer. Like, he just dunked on the Broncos every chance he got. And so Mike Shanahan goes, I got to do something. I got to do something to counter the, you know, the Peyton Manning Star Wars attack. And so when the opportunity came to deal away Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey, 
he took it. So I can, I, I can understand it now in retrospect. And obviously I think the Broncos won that trade uh, pretty obvious, but I still, it still smarts just a little bit. Now, Albert Knopper is one of our great supporters on Facebook. He's got a specific question for you, David. Broncos hold the number nine overall pick in the first round. What do you want to see happen? Who would you draft at number nine? Well, um, as a general football fan, I, I kind of see myself in two in two lights here. As a general football fan, um, I would really like to see them, um, you know, draft a, a quarterback. I, I, uh, I'm a, I, I was telling um, John earlier that uh, I'm an all around football fan. I, I like high school and, and, and college and. And I really like um, Trevor Lawrence, and I, I really like to see um, the uh, the quarterback from BYU, uh, Wilson. Um, so, in my heart, uh, as a general football fan, I know that's that's not going to happen. So, I I would say, as a general football fan, I would really like for them to pick Farley because I do know we need corner help. Um, but as a Bronco fan, yeah, I'm all in on Will. I I would love to have Zach Wilson. Uh, I think he's going to be special. Like I think Lawrence is going to be special, um, and I, I think he would do very, very well in in our system. Uh, David, yeah, David, I want to kind of change gears and go back for just a second. We always like to ask our guests, you know, did you grow up in Colorado? If so, what is your? How did you become a Broncos fan? What led you to this team? And and along those years along that journey, what has been your favorite memory and what has been your, your worst memory? Um, it was kind of a funny story, Zach. I, uh, when I was a, a young kid, um, I, I remember I, I actually grew up in Southeast Kansas. I, I live here in Western Kansas now. Um, but I grew up in Southeast Kansas in a little tiny town and all of my family, um, and, and don't shoot me everyone, but all of my family were Chiefs fans. And, <laughs> And my from my my mom and my dad and my sister and friends and fa- other family members, everybody rooted for the Chiefs and um, and of course I had to be the rebel and uh, um, I remember you know we'd all watch football games and it always had to be the Chiefs of course but we I'd try to watch a, another game or so at the time and really liked seeing John Elway and 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 really liked the Broncos and uh, so I'm like well the Chiefs fans don't like Broncos so I'll be a Broncos fan. And, um, of course, I, I couldn't, you know, they wouldn't let me watch any Bronco games. And uh, finally had a, a very good friend of mine um, who was a big Denver fan. And so we'd get together and watch Denver games. So that was that was kind of the way I became a, a diehard Broncos, is just kind of to be the, the rebel against the, the parents. So, um, but uh, my fondest memory, obviously, is, is Elway's very – it's kind of cliche, but it's it's Elway's very first um, Super Bowl win. I mean, I, I again growing up, I remember Elway getting to the Super Bowl and just falling short, and and then we get back to the Super Bowl and he'd fall short, and um, and then uh, he finally gets it, you know, and and uh, that was just awesome. And you knew he wanted it, um, and uh, the the this one's for John. I mean, the whole the whole Denver Nation was was just ecstatic. And, um, he was, he was very awesome. Um, my poorest memory, um, I'd say is, is I had, is the Super Bowl that we lost to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and I, I just thought, sure, we could beat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I thought we had an awesome, you know, defense then. And, 
and 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 Vaughn was going to have at it with with Russell Wilson, and and um, obviously it didn't didn't come to be. But uh, that was that was pretty poor because I got teased for the next couple weeks after that about how uh, the Seahawks beat beat my Broncos. So oh yeah, it was pretty bad. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. We got a super chat here from a fellow superstar, Chris Hernandez, who we are excited to have back on the show in the very, very near future. Uh, He uh, raises his mug to you. He says, David, cheers. So thank you, Chris. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, It sounds like, David, that you are of the opinion. I got one more for you, and and then we'll cut you loose here. It sounds like you're kind of ready to turn the page on the Drew Locke uh, experiment, for lack of a better term. You like the uh, Zach Wilson from BYU. You like some of the prospects in the class. I'm guessing you're really high on the prospect, anyway, of landing a Deshaun Watson via trade if that were to happen. Am I wrong on that? Do you still want to see Drew succeed in Denver? Or do you think, you know, hey, look, you had a shot, didn't happen, time to move on? Um. I, I'm almost kind of with the opinion of, of Zach that uh, I would love to have Deshaun Watson, um, but darn, I, I just think three first round picks and three second round—that's just us a lot. And um, yeah, it's I mean, you know, if we could get in for cheaper, yeah, go for it. In all all instances, hell yeah, I mean, go for it. So, um, but I I don't honestly I don't think it's going to happen just because he's going to be too expensive. But um, as far as Drew Locke. Um, I wish he, I wish he could work out. I, I, I like to give him another chance, but I don't know if I'm ready for another losing season. And I, I kind of have a, a fear that if, if we do put Locke in there um, and he's our starter, that, that we just may not have a very successful season. And uh, it kind of scares me at, at that aspect. Um, and, and it'd be really bad. It'd be really kind of horrible to see, especially the chiefs to see the chiefs go on and, and win again. So, um, I, uh, anything, any, any quarterback or anybody that we could get to, to try to, to topple the, the, the chiefs, I, I would, I would be all in favor for, but, um, 
I think I think Locke is. I don't. I don't think he's going to be there. I I've seen. I think we've seen enough of him, and um, I, I I think it's it's pretty much time to move on. David, how hard did you dunk on your family after the Super Bowl? After the Bucks won, <laughs> did you just stick it to them, or how hard did they dunk back at you because the Chiefs won the oh, year yeah. before? How how did that go? Oh yeah, it was it was uh, very uh, laughable. And of course, you know when they won the year before, obviously they all threw it in my face. Ha ha, we won. Denver didn't even make the playoffs, and blah blah blah. And you know my fireback was that was your first one in, in how many years? Fifty years. <laughs> yeah. So fifty like, years, yeah. Please. And then you know they came, they went, and they made it back, and uh, of course then they play got to play the Buccaneers, and you know which is um, I uh, lived in Florida for a few years and uh, um, was not very far from Tampa, and um, so uh, had a lot of uh, my wife's family uh, that were big Buccaneers fans, and and so uh, they were they were all asking me if I was going to go for the Bucks and. I'm like against the Chiefs, yes, definitely. So even though I didn't like Brady, um, couldn't really stand Brady from all the times he was a Patriots fan. I was a Brady fan that day. So, well, David, thank you so much for uh, giving us some of your time and for all yeah. of your support over these last couple of yes. years. And I mean, seriously, from the bottom of our heart, we just appreciate you more than more than we can say. And it's it really is a joy and a pleasure to get to know you. Uh, and have you on the show. And we hope that at some point later on in this off season, we can uh, move some schedules around and get you back on the show on one of these Wednesdays. But thank you so much for, for spending some time with us and for all you do and and what you mean to, to my high hope. I appreciate it guys. Thank you very much. I, I, I've been love, loved watching your shows and, and um, I've been a big fan of, of, of uh, the Broncos and, and Zach and, and Zach used to watch you back in the Facebook Live days, and then <laughs> another one <laughs> came a long way, David, didn't we? They when they got when when you had moved on from from that uh, company, I was like, oh crap, what am I going to do now? And, uh, <laughs> Appreciate that. I found you on on this and and became a fan ever that. So. Um, it's it's been fun, guys. I really appreciate you guys having me and, and having the time to to have me on. Thank you, All right, David. Buddy. Well, guys, he's he's on Twitter. Connect with him, right? Let's let's keep uh, all of the hashtag state of being members of Broncos country, you know, woven together on social media, as you can see on the screen there. And for those listening after the fact on demand, at Rocking K seventy seven. That's David Kilgore. David, give our best to your family, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll do, guys. Thank you. Take care. All right, buddy. There Chiefs you go. Suck. The, yeah, Chiefs. FTC, David Kilgore, man, I just he's a he was a neat guy. Before we went live, we we uh, got to know him a little bit, like with his family and what he does for a living. And we're not going to talk about that because that's that's his personal stuff that he might not want us to talk about. But just a joy when I say that, you know, that we really get a, a thrill and uh, and a and a true pleasure from getting to know each and every one of our supporters. Man, it's just really cool, really cool. And as you said, Zach. Another OG dating back to the 24-7 yeah. Facebook page days. I mean, it's just cool how uh, – I guess it's a smaller world than you realize, right? It, it's humbling. They put the support in supporter, Chad. And, and people yep. like David, he he's so overwhelmingly supportive of the podcast. And so many – all of our listeners are. We can't thank you guys enough. It seems like platitudes or it seems like cliches, but people like David and people – every single person we talk to, it's just so overwhelming and so humbling. So thank you, sincerely. John, I am going to talk about this Tim Patrick story, but there is 
a super really early from Fat Cats. If you can grab that one, and then I'm, I, I've got uh, there he is. Cool. We'll grab Fat Cats, and then I want to grab this PFF Tim Patrick spat. All right, we'll we'll talk about it. Fat Cats, really appreciate you, man. <clears throat> you really have come on strong in the last couple of months, and it's it's really, you know, we see you. We've been impressed. Thank you so much for your support. He says, if both top corners are available at pick nine, who do you take? <clears throat> excuse me, and why? Sertan, Patrick Sertan of Alabama, uh, seems more complete, but Caleb Farley of Virginia Tech has freakish athleticism. Curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, you know, I really think that it's a it's a what's what's more important to you the 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 higher floor or the higher ceiling? Because Sertan definitely has the higher floor. He's a more polished product right now, even though he's not the greatest scheme fit for Fangio. There's no doubt in my mind Sertan could flourish and play very, very well and be a stud for Big Fangio. Like, that's not even something I'm tripping on too much. Whereas Caleb Farley, though, his ceiling, Zach, it's so, as an athletic freak, I mean, Fat Cat said it, um, it's just so much higher that you really have a chance to draft what could be like one of the next great shutdown type corners who does happen to have a better propensity, a better scheme fit for Fangio. But again, to me, it's actually pretty negligible that um, because they're both such talented prospects. But I'm taking Farley there. I'm I'm going for I'm swinging for the fences now. If you're if you're inclined to kind of play it safe and just get the guy that you feel like has the higher floor, it's probably going to be Sertan. You hit on it when you said scheme fit because if you if you evaluate these two prospects in a vacuum, I mean it, it's a win win scenario for Denver. They need cornerbacks and the two best cornerbacks in this draft class, but. One of these guys, Farley, is a lot better of a scheme fit for Vic Fangio's system. And Fangio is still the head coach. And it might not be the case next year, but in his defense, he needs certain cornerbacks that have certain skill sets. And Caleb Farley, to me, Chad, is the cornerback one. Will I cry? Will I be mad if it is Sertan at number nine? No, I will not. They need cornerbacks, and he is right there. But it's almost like separating in this quarterback class uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence versus Zach Wilson or Zach Wilson versus Justin Fields, depending on your system, depending on the coaching staff, either quarterback can be a win for you or either quarterback could be, you know, not the, the quarterback that you need. Same situation here. Well said. Real quick, we would be remiss to not say happy birthday to another MHH superstar in our community, Muhammad Badri. Happy birthday, dude. Hope, yes. I hope you had a great day and uh, appreciate you, man. Happy birthday. How old, Mo? Let us know if you're yeah. if you're around. I'm, I hope you're not around. I hope you're out and about celebrating right now. But uh, I'd like to know how old you're turning, how many candles you're blowing out. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Tim Patrick and Broncos teammates nuke PFF from Orbit on Twitter. Is it hyperbolic? I, I chose that title, okay? Is it a little extreme? I don't think so. I think they freaking clown, especially uh, Dalton Reisner, pro football focus. And in this case, you know, you can you can argue, was it justified? Tim Patrick, here's what happened in case you guys missed it, all right? Pro football focus released a little Twitter card uh, showing their five, you know, giving props and uh, whatnot to the five wide receivers with the lowest drop rate in 2020. None of them had a drop rate of 0.0. But guess who did have a drop rate of 0.0, meaning he did not drop a single pass last year. That's Tim Patrick. So Tim, he sees that tweet, and here's what it looked like, all right? He says, my tweet must be coming soon since mine was 0.0%, right? And then, Zach, it gets it just gets funny from there because – First of all, turns out that PFF kind of they chose an arbitrary level, right, for the cutoff. So, in order to qualify, you got to have X amount of targets. I can't remember what it was. Was it eighty targets at least? I think that might be what the threshold was. Guess how many Timmy P had? Seventy nine. It's just ridiculous. So, as 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 Philip Lindsay said uh, to him on Twitter, quote, put, you know, they only see what they want to see. Close quote. And then Zach, this is what I love. His boys come to bat for him. No offense. Says, man, he goes, this man, 0.0%. Then he's got the cry, laughy face. Facts, but you didn't have to include this 0 on him. And then Reisner says, PFF is fake news. Oh. Ha ha. Talk Ouch. to him, toe tap. And I just love seeing it, dude. I love seeing Broncos r- close ranks around their own and go to war, go to bat for one of their one of their own. And, you know, you can pick a nit and say, look, Tim just missed out on the qualifier. Yeah, he was 0.0. But PFF, you had an opportunity to, to vault and to shine a light on a truly unique and, and praiseable, praiseworthy, I should say, that's the word, uh, performance of, of Tim Patrick last year. Instead, you basically snubbed him by choosing an arbitrary level of, of what qualifies target-wise. Didn't matter. He had 0.0. Didn't drop a pass. The qualifier is you can't play for the Denver Broncos because PFF will ignore you. And they've become like Dalton Reisner's. I'm so happy he's been saying that or he said that now. It's a joke. They had Justin Simmons as his second-ranked safety overall, number two overall in 2019. He wasn't on their list of top 100 players. It's just more bias against Denver, and PFF has gone from a tool that players went out and sought, Chad. They would look for, they put so much credibility in, and now you have players like Dalton Reisner calling out for it being fake news. Imagine, though, not liking Tim Patrick. Imagine not thinking Tim Patrick is a starting caliber receiver in the NFL. His drop rate was comparable, meaning zero, to Larry Fitzgerald, a future Hall of Famer. Not saying he is that, but I love having TP on the team, Chad. And that's why I'm saying I wouldn't trade this guy. I wouldn't not tender him. I would be more inclined to give him an extension. 
rather than let him walk or trade him away. He is invaluable. He has great chemistry with Locke. He has great chemistry with every quarterback. I used to, I had a tweet three, four months ago. Every quarterback he's been with the last couple of years, so there's been about six or seven he has connected with, he has made a big play on. He is underrated as they come, Chad, but maybe now he's got some national shine. More people will put respect on TP's name. I hope so. He deserves it. He, he deserves it. Burn the guitarist, a.k.a. Zach. And by the way, a lot of you, those of you who are following on uh, Mile High Huddle on Instagram, you saw the uh, football priest selfie that Zach sent in, a.k.a. Burn the guitarist. Appreciate the super chat, bro. Great Appreciate name. you sending in that selfie. It was cool. It was very cool. He says, uh, wow, it's almost like PFF has flawed <laughs> metric standards. Zach, let me just read this to you real quick. This is, and by the way, great article by Keith Cummings of MileHighHuddle.com. Go read it. Uh, But here's what Keith wrote, quote, Patrick's 79 targets resulted in a career best 51 receptions for 742 yards and a team leading six touchdown catches. Still, he narrowly missed out on account of PFF's list for not being targeted enough. And then he goes on. But, yeah, it's just arbitrary. I've I've stopped trying to, to explain or justify how and why PFF makes the decisions they do. But very much just like their grading system, Zach, it's all arbitrary. There's no way that there's no governing metric. <sighs> Actually, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But nevertheless, PFF, the bloom's off the rose. You're right. It used to be that players actively sought out and, and clamored and strived to know and have a good PFF grade. And while I think there's still some truth to that, there, you know, it's, it's still important. I think once PFF decided to sell – uh, big packages to NFL teams. I mean, almost all NFL teams use PFF now for their advanced analytics. Uh, I don't think players care about it quite as much anymore. It, it's almost like the the metrics are subjective and not objective, Chad. It's almost like those metrics and those stats are from someone's brain, and, th- that, and that person has their own opinions and their own biases like anything else. Nothing is truly objective anymore. Politics, sports, everything bleeds into everything else, and that's why you can't believe or hear or trust in everything you see or read or hear the queen from the top rope. Wow. Just um, showing why, how she earns that, yep. that moniker and that honorary. Just appreciate you, Christy. Thank you so much. And uh, you know, every, everything she contributes to our community, by the way, let's hammer this out right now. Uh, I know we went back and forth. We didn't, we didn't actually book a time to have you back on. Right. So, let me just see here real quick. I want to make sure I'm not tripping. Um, let me see. Let me see. Yeah. What about Monday next week? Let me know. All right. But she says, it's that time of year. All tweets are considered hot news. Thanks, my guys. Keep up the good work. Yeah. And as much as we, uh, Zach, as much as we sometimes roll our eyes at some of the stuff that we have to cover, I love covering it. I love turning over every stone and analyzing it from every angle. It's the offseason is my favorite time on the NFL calendar. It's good for us in the business, but for the fans, it gets a little tedious, yeah. a little monotonous, Chad, hearing the same old things. And what Christy, I, I hope, is trying to advocate here is don't believe every rumor that comes out. Don't believe every bit of speculation that arises on Twitter. There's going to be a lot of it between now and this coming couple weeks, between now and the draft. There's going to be a lot of it coming out. Let the big picture form instead of you know just hopping onto every little tidbit that you you hear about. But Christy, thank you so much. That's that's unbelievably generous of you. We love you, and I'm so proud of you. Amen. Let let me know about uh, Monday, if not Monday, maybe Sunday. 
We have a superstar segment already booked uh, Wednesday night, but let's like, like we did with, with Dylan, let's bring you on Monday night. So uh, reach out, let me know. Appreciate you. Uh, let's grab Javon real quick. Um, I'm going to lose him. So I'm going to grab him real quick, John. Hold on one sec. Uh, Javon Eaton, who has become on very strong on Facebook. Really appreciate your support over there, buddy. He says, yo, what's up, gents? What are we doing with Philip Lindsay this year? Hashtag state of being from Arizona. That's right, baby. Broncos country, not a geographic location. It's a state of being. What do you expect to happen? What do you expect to see happen? That is, Zach, with Philip Lindsay. There are some rumblings that the Broncos could choose not to tender him. He, he is an RFA, so they have to either tender him or let him become a, a free agent and not tender him. But why would they risk that? I know they obviously don't view him now as a three-down workhorse running back. He might not even be long for Denver, considering now how he's speaking out against Pat Shermer and the Broncos system. I right. think they will, though. They'll tender him. At the very least, they put a second round on him. They might look to flip him in the draft. I hope that's not the case, Chad, but you'd rather have him and have that leverage and have that capital versus not having. And even if you can't flip him, you have a game-breaking former Pro Bowl running back on the roster. And with Melvin Gordon's status up in the air, why would you want to play with fire and get rid of a homegrown guy who's been nothing but a spark to your team? I think it would be the height of incompetence for the Denver Broncos to – move on from one of their best offensive players. I think this time last year, you could make the argument, toss it up. Was Cortland Sutton or Phillip Lindsay, the most impactful spark plug on that offense to this day, I'm going to, I'm going to hedge for Phillip Lindsay. Now he had some bad luck with the injury bug this past season and compounding that was just some very questionable roster decisions and, Let's just say uh, not the greatest, as, as he critiqued only a week or two back, not the greatest uh, scheme to uh, player fit in terms of the offensive coordinator trying to scheme to accentuate Philip Lindsay's strengths. Insides, you know, basically run him between the tackles constantly. Anytime you go back and watch some of the highlights of Philip Lindsay in 2020, all of his big plays, all is an absolute. Many of his big plays, are the plays where he's allowed to use his talent, his skill, his quick twitch, his speed, his explosion, his instinct, his vision on the edges. And a lot of times you saw like a Dalton Reisner pulling and going right, and then boom, you know, I want to see that. If you can do that, it's not rocket science, Pat Shermer. But Philip Lindsay, he's one of the most dynamic running backs in the league. Yes, he was hurt last year. But you would have to be an incompetent to say – Look, I can get one of the best running backs in the league back in Denver at the cost of an RFA tender that's around $3 bucks. Sign me up. I'm doing it. And let me just add one thing. Based on George Payton's history in Minnesota, I mean, that's an organization that valued running backs despite having an all-star. He had Latavius Murray. He had Dalvin Cook. Now he has Alexander Madison. So judging by his history there, it's a good bet that Philip Lindsay will remain with the Broncos. We can only hope that, Chad, because he does a lot better for you on the field than off the team. Michael Tindor, uh, Tindori, Tindori. I'm not sure, but Michael, thank you for that super chat. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter. He says, I still have hope for Juwan James. The line, the offensive line, is only missing right tackle to be very good. That's true. I mean, if you, you know, if if the football god smiled upon you and, and you've got Juwan James to show up to work and he didn't get hurt. He's an upper echelon tackle, but that's those are some big ifs. 
You also, you know, there, it's not the only question mark. It's the biggest question mark. But Dalton Reisner's play wasn't great last year. You know, Graham Glasgow has injury concerns. You know, Mooty's still raw. Garrett Bowles, as great as he was, is that going to hold up for years to come now? Or is that just a one-year outlier? That That's what we have to see. So there's many question marks. But far and away, Juwan James, him being the whoopee cushion shed, that is the, you know, the, the pink elephant in the room. <laughs> Uh, undoubtedly so. This is like the second time in the last week that I've gone live in my office and I forgot to grab my charger, have it plugged in, and then my lappy starts dying. A shout-out to uh, Orange Crush. Good to see you on Twitter. Appreciate you being with us tonight. Um, All right, let me see where we're at here. Uh, Real quick, John, Team Jokic. Yeah, Christian, let me just do a quick look here on the back end. But there are a few other topics I want to get to. of course, we always want to we always want to be in line with what's on your mind uh, as our community. Yeah, there's a so we got Chris. There's Dave Vega. There's um, Michaela, Team Jokic, Michaela again, Jesse, Michael again. There's quite a few um, stacked up. So if you need me to try and find stamps, uh, let me know. There he is, Dave. Now I'm curious: is it Vega or Vega? Because do you remember the movie Pulp Fiction? What was his name? Vincent Vega. That was his name. But they pronounced it Vega. So, Dave, I'm wondering if it's Vega, Vega. Appreciate the super chat. He says, if Garrett Bowles can turn it around, have faith in Drew Locke. Deshaun Watson is great, but the cost is large. If Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker, is there at nine, trade back, get capital. Grab, uh, what's his name, uh, Zayden? Zayden, right? Collins, Samuel, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. And let's build Vega. Okay, cool. (laughs) You got the hashtag for you too, Chad. Oh, he he beat me to the punch. All right, that's sharing a brain. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, interesting you say that because um, Nick Kendall had a a story today that was kind of riffing off something that James Palmer of NFL Network talked about on a recent sit-down that – he basically is, is saying, look, everyone's wondering, are the Broncos going to target a quarterback? Are they going to, which corner is it going to be? Is it going to be Parsons at pick nine? He's like, don't be stunned if they trade back and stockpile picks. But that to me, Zach, is all contingent on how this whole Deshaun Watson thing resolves. It's something that George Payton told you himself that he prefers to do. So that's why it's it's part of the reason, not just the cost, but also looking at Payton's history and I think how he wants to run a franchise. He would sooner, I believe, based on what he's told us and how he's operated, trade back like the question posits there, Chad, stack the draft picks and have more darts at the dartboard because, again, I'll say it for the billionth time, this Broncos team has holes throughout the roster, not just under center. Yeah, but and yes, but- savage. Savage Boy Kev, but you st- people still got to guess, right? They're still guessing. Yeah. Got to keep them guessing. Um, <laughs> Between those Barry, two years. Barry wants to know on YouTube if Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker, is there at pick nine? Do we pull the trigger or stay with a corner? If the Broncos pick there at nine, it's because they didn't land Deshaun Watson. And so I'm going to tell you that depending on how, like if Zach Wilson falls – if either Zach Wilson or Justin Fields are there at nine, I wouldn't be stunned if they just grab one of those two quarterbacks. I don't think either will be there. So I'm saying it's going to be a corner. I really do. Their their cornerback depth chart is just freaking ugly, dude. It's decimated. There's no depth. And the one guy that they have that has any veteran wherewithal is an injury case. He's never played a full 16 in Bryce Callahan. 
Yeah, I, I think it's got to be a cornerback. And, you know, considering Von Miller's criminal investigation now, would the Broncos want to take another linebacker that had some red flags off the field? And depending on how those clear up, Chad, it could get worse for Micah Parsons, but they might not want to gamble. And George Payton is a, is a man of character and high integrity. He might want to go for the safer pick, and that would be Caleb Farley at number nine. One of our longtime listeners and longtime superstars, Michaela Parker, she wants to know, uh, cheers, fellas. Good to see you all. I think the Broncos' best bet uh, is to roll with what was it? What was the uh, what was the autocorrect? With Locke. All right. I think the Broncos' best bet is to roll with Locke, not a hater. Yeah. I look. I'm not blind. I recognize the Broncos need better play and production from the quarterback position if they're going to climb out of the doldrums. To say nothing of actually contending with the Chiefs. Yeah, but I still believe that Drew Locke could be that guy. And because the Broncos have gone this far with him, I think you go one last swing. You go one last time around the, the merry-go-round with Drew. Then you decide to blow it up. Now, if they had blown it all up, Fangio's gone. Shermer's gone. Uh, Peyton comes in, hires his own staff, hires his own coach. Then I would be a little more, not a little, a lot more amenable to the idea of just starting over and just trade Drew, give, give him a fresh start somewhere if you can. But they didn't. They kept Fangio for whatever reason. They kept Shermer for whatever reason. And I don't say that being negative. I'm saying, look, it was a unique situation. Usually when a GM gets hired, that GM is also given the prerogative of hiring, either keeping, deciding on whether or not do I keep the incumbent coaching staff or hiring his own guy. So I'm with you. I still think that the best bet is to roll with Locke and use this capital that you have right now with your salary cap and with the draft, Zach, build the nest. And that's the same principle as last year. Hashtag build the nest. If you can get a little bit of luck with regard to the injury bug, this team, if it's a Drew Locke week 11 on, which only won, let's see, they won the Miami game. I think they won two games of those final, that, that set from week 11 to week 17, if I'm not mistaken. But still, it wasn't all on that wasn't Drew's fault that they didn't win every single game. All it takes is that version of Drew Zach. You fill those holes. I think this is a team that can win nine, ten games, but you would still need a little bit of luck from the from the football gods. And also, I mean, it's perfectly said, Chad. I just want to just add to we're not obviously advocating that Drew Locke is better than Deshaun Watson. Obviously, Watson's a better quarterback, but it's the cost that's prohibitive to acquire him. It's just a little too rich and, for my money, un- unrealistic for George Payton to make. And the other you know, tail end to that is we don't know what Drew Locke is just yet. You can't label him one way or the other. He's not a franchise quarterback. We've all established that, but he's not a bust either. And and most people already have it in their minds, for some people, that he's a bust. He's not yet. Give him one year if it works out that way under a level playing field, fair circumstances, and let's see how it plays out. If he's not the guy, he's not the guy. And like Chad said, they blow it up. Everyone goes away. New quarterback, new head coach, and we'll see what happens. I hope it's not like the Sopranos version of everybody goes away. You know what I mean? In fact, I was just watching a uh, – I'm going back down the rabbit hole on Sopranos. I got to I gotta cycle through that every two or three years and just binge on Sopranos because it's the greatest television show of all time. Far and away. Chad, and there's a Talking Sopranos podcast every Monday that comes out. You should. It's the only other it podcast I listen to. I promise you, any Sopranos fans out there, it I'll is it legit. Out. It's uh, Chris and Bobby. Um, Christian, a.k.a. Team Jokic. Appreciate the super, my friend. And by the way, there was absolutely no no hard feelings, dude. Trust. Um, don't ever worry about that. Unless unless it's like straight up hate 
we're never going to take offense to a uh, opposing viewpoint from anyone in our community that might say, no, nah, I don't look at it my way, or I don't think you're, you're, you're on this with the right take. So don't worry about it, dude. But he says, Hey Zach, I know my comment seemed kind of harsh the other night, but was trying to get your, uh, your opinion and see mine, uh, see mine. And you guys, did you guys see the Juwan tweet? Yes. So yeah, I don't know about you, Zach. He's addressing you. No hard feelings for me, but uh, your thoughts for Zach. What was or the opinion? What was the, I mean, I, I remember uh, basically, you know, us going back and forth. I don't know the. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Exact question though. Um, John, do you know? I'll yeah, tell you what it was. He says, <laughs> he has uh, no idea either. I'll tell you what it is. He said, uh, I hate all the, I hate the, all the holes on defense narrative. Oh, okay. only Zach last year. Our DBO. Oh, that. Okay. All right. Let me, let me crack my, my knuckles real now. It's all good. I don't take it personally. This is, I love the debate. I love the banter. If we all agreed on everything, this would be a boring AF show. Trust me on that. But there are holes on defense. I mean, that's indisputable to say. If you resign Shelby Harris, he's a free agent. I mean, you have to take care of him, but you have Jerrell Casey. He's a cut candidate. You want to get another defensive lineman. We all know they need another inside linebacker who can cover running backs and tight ends. You might need an edge rusher if Von Miller goes away. We all know they need cornerbacks. They might need a safety if they cut Kareem Jackson. They have to have a third safety, you know, behind Jackson and Justin Simmons. Simmons is a free agent. He might, you know, there's a chance he walks. There are holes on defense. I'm not saying they're a bad defense. I'm not saying they're incompetent, but they need starters and in some cases depth players. That to me, Chad, is a fairly innocuous argument as well. Yeah, dude, it's all good, Christian. And for those of you who missed it last night, hopefully none of you did, but if you did, Building the Broncos did a really good job, Nick and Carl, going through the Broncos' current defensive needs. And they have many. They really do. So that's why, for me, you want as many of those darts that you currently have as far as the draft picks that you own uh, and the free agent dollars that you have to fill those holes because it's not as – again, if we were talking about Drew Locke performing on like a Paxton Lynch level, then yeah, I mean, the writing's on the wall. Like it's apparent, it's palpable, it's it's evident, it's obvious. But that's not what we saw. And in fact, Drew had some really impressive highlight moments. Question was consistency, but let's leave it there for now. Jesse, appreciate that super chat, my brother. 
says, uh, head coach candidates, Zach, if Vic Fangio is not it. So maybe the all the Kings horses, all the Kings men can't put this Broncos Humpty Dumpty together again. And Fangio is dispatched this time next year. Who do you like? Anyone offensive. So Brian Dayball, Greg Roman, Kellen Moore, uh, Eric Bieniemy. There, there's going to be a slew of offensive-minded head coaches in the Broncos. Whether he's younger, which I prefer, or a little older toward the Vic Fangio scale, you have to get an offensive guy in the building because if Vic Fangio goes, it means a new quarterback is coming in as well, and they need to nail that, Chad, coaching and quarterbacking for the next regime if it comes to that. Um, Brian Dayball is my, I think, number one choice, but Bieniemy. Roman, Kellen Moore, they're all, uh, I would not mind any of them. Thank you for the clarification, Michaela, and for the additional super chat. We love you. Appreciate you. Um, Whoops. Sorry. That was my fault, John. Throwing back up there. We got Jesse. We need, um, we need Michael. And then I've got John Houston. So from there, we should be pretty current for a minute, but if he, Michael's other one, there he is. Michael, appreciate you, dog. Drew has shown that he can be a dangerous player Give him Cortland back, add James, and it'll look different, in my opinion. I still will take Deshaun. They'll talk about Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? Like, if, if, you, if you're looking at it, um, you know, just, just all things being equal, who would not take, at this moment in time in the NFL continuum, Deshaun Watson over Drew Locke? Almost anybody, unless your last name is Locke, you're going to take <laughs> Watson in that perfect world, right? But we don't live in the perfect world. Deshaun Watson comes at a very, very grievous cost. If Houston budges, which, as I said the other night, my 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 thoughts on this from the from the first moment that there was buzz that Watson might want out, my initial reaction was there's no way. I mean, John McClain of the Houston Chronicle said there's back then. Uh, I can't. And actually, hold on one sec. I want to grab this because this is this pretty well represents what my thoughts were on it. And John uh, McLean is a former president of the Pro Football Writers of America. He's a Hall of Fame voter. You know, he's uh, one of the most renowned NFL writers of all time, and very plugged in as as an insider. And his exact uh, tweet on this topic back in January, when the initial buzz act started on on Watson wanting out. Um, was let me tell you what he said he said uh load now let's go let's go he said uh i've got a better chance this was on january 7th i've got a better chance of becoming the texans new head coach than deshaun watson has of being traded zach i don't i no longer see that as as the governing you know point of view here i think it's got to happen it's just a question to me now of when the texans ultimately blink and it's in their best interest obviously to do it before the draft well, it's a little coincidental because Woody Page, who is like the John McClain of the Broncos, he, he was saying that Deshaun Watson has no interest in coming to Denver. And we all know by now that supposedly Watson is intrigued by Denver, at least has some interest in coming to Denver. So, you know, nobody really knows anything right now. But no one is disputing that that Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Drew Locke. It's just the price, again, it would take to acquire him and the unknown that you'd be bailing on if you traded away from Drew Locke as a starter. Joey, thank you for joining us on Twitch. Our Twitch audience is slowly but surely it's growing over there. And so appreciate each and every one of you that give us some some time and, and viewing us on, on Twitch. He says, I just have a strong feeling that Caleb Farley will struggle year one since he's been away from football more than a year. 
Patrick Sertan would be a surefire pick in year one, and Fangio can mold him to fit his scheme as he does. Yeah, I feel you on that. I really do. I understand the concern that that Farley and Parsons, for what it's worth, a lot of guys, a lot of the. If you were a prospect uh, going into the 2020 season that had any kind, if your agent was telling you that you had first round caliber potential, buzz, whatever, so many of those guys just said, "I'm opting out. I'm out." Um, and Farley was one of them. So I feel you, but I still don't think it's as absolute as you make it out to be. Missing a year, you know, I think they'll be fine for the most part. I don't fault them at all. They're doing what's in the best interest of their NFL futures, and it's the same as any other player who skipped their senior season in college, Chad, and came out as a junior. They're doing what's in the best interest of where they think they are, and they're getting the best advice from their agent, from their parents. I'm not faulting Farley at all, and he's still atop my draft board at number nine overall. John Houston. John, you are just so dedicated and consistent as a superstar. It would be awesome to connect with you on Twitter. Even if you don't have a Twitter account, consider creating one and then connecting with Zach, myself, John, so that we can uh, keep the conversation going, tag you, give you some love after each and every show. But thank you, bro. He says, at this point, I would go Sertan. We can't miss on this pick, meaning the pick ninth pick, you can't miss this, this important selection. His dad was a pro bowler, and he's better than his dad. True, he is better than senior. Uh, Farley's injuries concern me a lot. I get that. I really do. Um Patrick Sertan Sr., for what it's worth, you know, he was a legit, rock-solid NFL corner. I want to say three-time Pro Bowler. I think he made one All-Pro team as well, Zach. And then, of course, he finished – he started as a Dolphin and then finished for several years as a Kansas City Chief. So a lot of Broncos fans don't don't love the, uh, the Sertan name for that reason. Yeah, you know, I grew up in South Florida, and Sam Madison and Patrick Sertan, that duo at cornerback, was just pretty lethal. Um, Caleb, every prospect, for the most part, has injury concerns, so I'm not writing him off at all. Either the opt-out, injury concerns, Caleb Farley in this defense would be an all-star, and I can't wait for that to happen if he's the pick. Um, I'm grabbing this super from Rocco. By the way, great to see you again, Rocco. And then a really excellent point from Richie I want to grab. And then we're running out of time, so we'll rapid fire. We don't leave any of our superstars out in the cold here. Rocco, thank you, my friend. Good to have you back. He says, I'm back in the super chat. What's up, guys? Hashtag go Broncos. Good to see you, bro. Thank you. Um, Richie, by the way, keep up the good work. I checked out uh, one of your podcasts uh, today, in fact, this morning while I was I had a little time. and I was like, I'm going to find something to put in my ears while I'm doing some busy work and you guys are doing a good job over there at the, the um, Mile High Roundtable podcast, so keep up the good work. He makes a good point here, Zach. Pro Football Focus made a fatal flaw. They put three guys who had 100-plus receptions, then threw Beasley in there who had sub-100 receptions, snubbed a bunch of others who were over 50, Patrick being one of them. This just is another illustration, Zach, that PFF loves to just kind of pick and choose who they who, – who, Pick and choose what stats, which qualifiers um, fit whatever narrative they want to sell as far as content. They didn't want – those were the guys they wanted to talk about, so that's how they structured. That's how they tweaked, fit, edited the qualifier to fit under that umbrella. Narrative is the buzzword, not just in the NFL, but in every facet of life right now in this digital era, Chad, where everyone has a soapbox. I'm not going to go into that rant. I'm not going to talk about politics, but there is nothing that's truly unbiased nowadays. There is bias in news organizations, in outlets, in media coverage, and in rest. Literally everywhere you go, everything you see, there's some sort of bias. So 
We all know now, and they've been exposed by the own players like Dalton Reisner as, I don't want to say fake news, but definitely not the all-knowing arbiter, Chad, that we used to look at them as. Blue Raw, a.k.a. Chris, good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super. And it's a timely one. Thank you. He says, I'm here to say, pay Shelby. That is all. Yeah, there's. we're with you on that. There needs to be another domino that falls, though, in order to kind of solidify that as a more likely result, and that is the Jarrell Casey situation, which up to this point, Zach, there hasn't been any movement. Jarrell Casey, as it stands, currently a Denver Bronco. Yeah, I don't know how long that's going to stand for, but regardless, they should take care of Shelby Harris, take care of Justin Simmons, and again, you're sending the right message. They've been homegrown guys who have outperformed their respective contracts. Pay them, lock them down, and build the nucleus of your defense. Uh, Jay Ritchie, uh, by the way, I have you on the calendar to come on the show March 10th, but I didn't receive back 100% for sure that's going to work um, in the correspondence with uh, you and the missus. So confirm that for me, will you? Appreciate you. He says, evening, fellas, joined late to get or not to get Watson. John Clayton published Denver as a top two team. McLean guaranteed otherwise, where do we stand? So in case you missed it, and this was um, a, a really nice find, a good article that um, Luke Patterson published this afternoon. Uh, John Clayton, who is one of those very rare, um, most most fans can remember John from all those years at ESPN, right? Mom, more me. <laughs> the commercial. He is uh, now kind of, you know, hitting, he's he's a, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a writer. I mean, it's just hallowed ground. And he's doing some work with the fan. Uh, he does, he writes some digital content for him over at the fan. Um, anyway, he came out and he said, uh, I'll tell you exactly what he said, according to uh, Luke's article here. He said that the Bronco, quote, this is Clayton, the Broncos can be patient as long as they have Locke, who they're going to keep while they wait to see what happens with Watson. The two teams I see with a good chance to do something for Watson are Denver and Carolina, close quote. So that's what he's talking about there. And then meanwhile, as the, the very same John McClain that we just referenced a few minutes ago, you know, a week or so back, he, he guaranteed that Deshaun Watson is not going to land in Denver. But, you know, he's got, he's, he's got a, quite a few freezing cold takes. In retrospect, he like – you know, makes a bold prediction, says something that's very like out there. And you're like, all right, you know what you're talking about. You're Houston Chronicle. You're there. And then it blows up and it's the exact opposite. So on this subject, I'm not going to take John McClain's word for it per se. I'm going to listen to what he says. You got to listen to a guy like him. But I don't think he's right on this. I think the Broncos, if and when the Texans make him available, Zach, the Broncos are going to have a shot. I think he's right about one thing, though, and that's the Panthers' interest. I, I have this gut feeling like they're going to be the team that ends up getting Deshaun Watson if he's traded because not only do they have the capital, they have a tantalizing first-round pick that's ahead of the Broncos, by the way, and they can offer more. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is worth more than any Broncos player they, they could offer, uh, but they're also out of the AFC. They're in the NFC, and I think for Houston to sign off on that deal, that would be a big uh, assuager for them. 
But we also had a report that came out from an ESPN account. It was an affiliate, I, I believe, of Clemson that had the Broncos off of the list of Deshaun Watson's reported three favorite teams. I think it was the Jets, Dolphins, and 49ers or Panthers. I'm not, I don't know the third one, but the Broncos were not on there. The point being, we've heard so many different things from so many different sources. The Broncos are among the top three. The Broncos aren't even on the list at all. Let it play out a little more. Stop believing every little rumor that you're seeing and stop killing yourself emotionally over a trade that's probably not going to go down for a couple months, if at all. Swag Nation, appreciate that super chat, my friend. What's that, John? Okay, yeah, we're over the morning hour. Thank you. Um, appreciate that super chat, Swag. Connect with us on Twitter. He says, I really hope we run it back with our same offense, including Drew. We just need to upgrade the cornerback position. I'm seriously guys. Like I am not scared of the idea. I'm excited about the idea of a drew in a second year with the scheme. Hasn't had that since his sophomore to junior year in um, at Missouri. I'm excited about the prospect of drew coming back year two with a healthy Cortland with a Jerry Judy with their RFA tendered Tim Patrick. We'll see how that shakes out with a Noah fan with an Alberto healthy with a KJ Hamler. And Hey, if you if you end up winning the the lottery and you get also Juwan James at right tackle for sixteen games, that's a that's an offense to to be reckoned with in my estimation, Zach. This team is a lot closer than people realize. And if it weren't for the injuries and the pandemic and the poor coaching and the poor quarterbacking and the same litany of facts, not excuses that we go over every podcast, this could have been a 9-10 win team. And they still could be that if certain things fall into place. But I think it's indisputable, inarguable to say that the talent around the quarterback, no matter who it is, is fairly high. Yeah. I mean, regardless of your take on Locke, you can't – that's one of the reasons that – you got to believe Deshaun Watson likes the Broncos as a destination, even though there's the disincentivizing factor of, of thinking, man, I got to go against Mahomes and the Chiefs twice a year, but I got Jerry Judy, I got Cortland Sutton, I got Noah Fant, you know, I got this phenomenal offense built around me if I end up in Denver. And I do have some pieces on defense, you know, I do have a Bradley Chubb. Although if you do land Deshaun, you might have to give up Bradley Chubb. And, but that's, you know, we'll, we'll save that for another time. Uh, Dale, by the way, John, we got Dale, Base Gase, Willie, and Michaela again, and then we're we're good. We can uh, we'll dip out for tonight. But Dale, thank you for that super chat, bro. Good to see you. By the way, get on Twitter and connect with us. He says, I've heard some say draft a quarterback at nine. If Locke works out next season, you can trade that quarterback you drafted. Would you realistically get a top ten pick for him? If not, I can't see how it would be worth it. So he's saying things he's heard that people are advocating for. Hey, regardless, just take a quarterback at nine. And if Locke ends up being the guy and proves that this year, then you could always just trade that guy. How realistic of a scenario do, could you see that being? Assuming it all came true, assuming Locke became a pop guy this year, he's, I mean, I don't even know if there's a president other than Josh Rosen, but that was a huge tank situation. That's what I was going to say. It's like buying a car. As soon as you drive it off the lot, it loses half its value. You're never going to get back what you invested in that first-round quarterback. So, uh, for example, you you draft, I don't know, Trey Lance at number nine, and you go to trade him next year. You will not get a number nine overall pick back. You'd be lucky to get the number 32 overall pick back. You're probably looking at a second-round pick or a combination of picks. I mean, look at Carson Wentz, Chad. He went for a second and a third. Conditional yeah. second, but a second in itself quarterbacks are devalued when you go to trade them and when you're, we're not the starter. So it wouldn't be a one-for-one scenario. If you did that, you pretty much have to hope that quarterback that you draft becomes the guy. 
Anthony, I wanted to grab this one real quick. I know we're we're on the other side of 60, but let me grab this from Anthony. He says, how much longer are we going to wait for Locke to develop? And if he doesn't pan out and we don't trade for Watson or draft one then, and next year's quarterback class isn't that good, we're stuck with a crappy QB situation next year. So the, the answer to the question is one year. You give it one more swing at the plate with Locke. If Peyton ultimately does make a big quarterback move, whether it's acquiring Deshaun or drafting a Q in, in round one, I think it's because he looks ahead to 2022, Zach, and doesn't like what he sees in the draft. But you know what? You can't read into that too much this this late because, again, there are some pretty um, – there are some cautionary tales there. Actually, it's the other way. There's some sex, a success story, Zach, like – Joe Burrow, number one pick this year uh, in 2020, excuse me, in the offseason of uh, 2019, no one was talking about Joe Burrow as a first-round caliber quarterback. Nobody. He was a fifth, sixth, mid-round, late-round guy to everyone in the draft Nick uh, community. And so guys can pop. You know, all it takes is that one year for a guy to pop and, and flash and show NFL teams really their full potential in the league, and it can reshape and totally change the way a class you know shapes up at the quarterback position I guarantee you the number one projected overall pick in the 2022 mock draft now will not be the number one pick in reality in the 2022 draft for the reasons you just said Chad there's always risers and and fallers who saw Zach Wilson as being a potential number two overall pick in this draft class you never really know so you can't base your 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 present around the future necessarily you have to keep it in the present and live in the moment if you decide you're going with drew lock this year you got to go all in on this season and figure out 2022 when 2022 gets here cross that bridge when you get to it right and i agree uh base case good to see you bro appreciate you excuse me he says uh will the broncos reset the market with justin simmons with a team that's rebuilding maybe we tag and trade him instead of rolling with a second tag so, Zach, you had an article on this last night. It sounds like they're going to tag him, but the recent reporting is that he and Peyton seem to be hitting it off and are a lot closer on a contract than they ever were uh, last year with Elway. They want to get done. They're talking right now, but but the expectation, the way it's heading right now is the franchise tag for a second year in a row, and it's not ideal because it would be a lower cap charge more than likely for Denver if they got a long-term deal done, but Either way, I see Justin Simmons being the linchpin of Vic Fangio's defense once again. Whether that's a one-year tag or a long-term deal, I think he will be playing in the for the Broncos in 2021. All right, let me look here. Uh, we got Willie and then one more, and I think we are on schedule. Where'd he go? There he is. Willie, appreciate you, bro. He says, I think people underestimate the damage not having Sutton did to Drew's year. It's obvious they had the chemistry to do good things this year. Yeah, I mean, it was a blow. There was still some talent there at wide receiver, but it was young. And even Tim Patrick, who you might not say popped like in the true like sense of he's not like he was a 14. It wasn't like Brandon Lloyd circa 2010 coming out of nowhere and putting up 1,400 yards and just like blowing down the doors. But still, Timmy P, very un- inexperienced himself. So that was the biggest thing is there was talent there, Zach, but it was inexperienced talent that was themselves in their own way figuring out the NFL, whereas just like Drew, and whereas uh, Sutton was a proven commodity stud, you know, he had already kind of come into his own. 
I have a homework assignment for everyone out there. As soon as this pod is over with, go on YouTube and look up Cortland Sutton's 2019 touchdown from Locke against the Chargers because no other receiver could do anything near what he did on that touchdown reception where he snatched the ball out of thin air with one hand while diving, while being interfered with. Locke put it near him, but Cortland Sutton made the play. So absolutely losing a top 10 receiver, your number one guy who kind of came up with you, a young receiver, young quarterback, you have that chemistry, you lose him, and you're throwing to a pair of rookies. Come on, man. What do you expect? Michaela, thank you again for that super, my friend. She says, what is your opinion about if current the current regime does not work out, maybe having Mike Munchak become the next Broncos head coach? You know, I understand it because there's so much to like about Munchak as a coach, period. But I was very – I had to really sell myself on the notion of the Broncos hiring Munchak because he was one of the five guys Elway interviewed when they hired Fangio, right? El, uh, uh, Munchak, Fangio. Um, Pagano, no? Pagano, yeah, Zach, Zach Taylor, Taylor, and then the and then Brian Flores. Those were the five, and and I had to reach out to all my contacts in the NFL and, and people that I knew knew Mike uh, Munchak and say like, help me understand why this would be a good hire because I didn't see it. He's a great position coach, the best currently in the league. O line, Mike Munchak, but I think if you get to that point, Zach, where you got to turn over the the coaching staff again, you got to go with an innovative hire at that point. You got to go with someone who can. Yes. Move the needle. And I'm just not sure, even though he had a modest amount of success in Tennessee before he flamed out, that Mike's that guy. Uh, the Broncos are learning firsthand that some coaches are lifelong positional coaches. Some coaches are lifelong assistants. And I think Vic Fangio is a great defensive coordinator. So far, not a great head coach. And in Mike Munchak's brief head coaching tenure, not a great head coach, but one of the best, if not the best, OL coaches in the business, Chad. So he should probably stay that way. If there is, is a new regime coming in next year, I would look for Bill Kolar and Mike Munchak to get first consideration to be on that staff. We, I'm going to grab this question from Drew, and then we're going to go. But first, we need to get a soundboard with this rim shot sound for uh, excellent, excellent dad jokes like this one. From Charlie Beagle. <laughs> My car is biased because it has anti-lock brakes. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. Uh, Drew Love, one of our supporters on Facebook. He, he gives up stars. He's very supportive of what we're doing. Appreciate you, Drew. You're, I think, the last question of tonight. How much do you guys think it'll take to re-sign Shelby Harris? So, Zach, last year, SpotTrack projected him as uh, like an $11.7 million per year guy and obviously the nfl did not share a brain <laughs> with yeah. uh spot track on that however this year i think they will uh, maybe not exactly 12 million a year but something 10 million i think is the floor for what shelby will be able to command this time around in free agency I think the domino that has to drop, Chad, I'm not really familiar with the defensive line class this year in free agency, but uh, J.J. Watt, wherever he goes in the contract he gets, I, I know he's an edge guy and Shelby's more of a, could be an interior defensive lineman in some packages, but he, I don't know about $10 million. I think he's not really there yet in the, the NFL, the value system league-wide. I do believe he'll get eight nine a year, maybe three years, 30 mil at most. But I think you should do that if you're the Broncos because look what you're paying Gerald Casey. He, was he making 11-12 this year? So if you're going to get a better talent for your defense, your younger, higher upside, I believe splurging eight, nine, ten a year. That's where I would stop for someone like Shelby Harris. And if you're right on that, 
I think one of the reasons why is he missed four games because of uh, the word that shall go unmentioned. And he was really feeling it, man, at that point in the season. Like he was, he had clearly proven at this point, not only was last year not a flash in the pan, but like I've actually developed as a run defender. Like he was showing, I got a complete game to offer an NFL team. And then he missed a month because of that freaking virus. So we'll see how it shakes out. Two more that have popped in and then we really got to go. Jesse, appreciate you. He, he says, my mock, trade back, get uh, J.C. Horn, the South Carolina corner, late round one, Richie Grant, the safety, and Jabril Cox in round two, Rondale Moore from Purdue, and Paulson Adeboy, I don't know how to pronounce that, from Stanford in the third and fourth, an offensive tackle in the fifth. Hey, man, I love it. I love it. That's cool. I, I could live with that. I could too. Uh, Richie Grant uh, is one of my favorite prospects in this draft class. And Horn, I mean, he's there's some mocks that have him as a better cornerback over Sertan. So I would not cry if that was the uh, the scenario as well. Ian, appreciate the stars. He says, uh, "No way, we're keeping Simmons. No way, we're keeping. <clears throat> excuse me, Simmons. He's a key. We hope so. We hope so, bro. Um, Willie, last one, and then we're out of here. We really do got to dip on out. Sutton's highlights prompted my comment. Spot on. Yep, we feel you." We do feel you. All right. I think we took care of everybody. So, guys, as we sign off for tonight, thank you so much for spending some time with us here this evening and uh, helping to make this conversation, which has now gone, you know, an hour and 17 minutes, as fun and engaging as it has been. It really is just we get such a kick out of this every single night, being able to talk with you all in real time. Shout out to David Kilgore. Follow him on Twitter, at RockingK77. Great dude. And uh, just rock-solid MHH supporter. And an OG, dating all the way back. Rogue Theory jumping in late. Joshua, thank you, bro. Thank you. No questions. Short on time. Hashtag Huddle Up Pod Squad. Love it, dude. But, guys, as we dip out of here, we'll be back tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag. And uh, we'll do the best we can to get to as many questions as possible. Um, But make sure you follow on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod. The main account. Good night, Michaela. Um, at Mile High Huddle. Uh, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL. Myself at Chad and Jensen. Our producer, you all know and love him in the chat as Buana Beast. On Twitter, it's at John K M H H. Follow him there. And then uh, check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com, when you get some time, get your swag on, and consider becoming a, a VIP supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook and getting access to not only Kelberman's Corner, but the other shows that we're debuting here in the very, very near future for our VIP supporters. So thank you. Please like the video before you get out of here and share it if we did a good job for you. Other than that, Zach, sign us off, and we'll uh, we'll circle back tomorrow night. Have a great night, Chad. Have a great night, John. Have a great night, everyone else out there. We will see you tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern, Mile High Mailbag. If you have any questions, let us know on Twitter. Hit us up. We'll get to it. Have a great night. Take care. And as always... Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.